weekends um, with all my texting back and forth. And uh, to some of the members that I continue to text with and uh, kind of get to know them more and kind of get to know um, how I can be of support um, to what they're already doing. Um, so um, I, I want to say a big thank you um, once again. I I really, really feel loved um, each time I come here. Um, Amber has been great. Um, it, it's just been wonderful. Henry, Mike, uh, 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 Will, Wes, I can just continue to, to, to name people. Um, Friday night was with the Weavers, um, had dinner there. The Gomez, um, the Gomez family took me to lunch yesterday. Um, I've been with the Brocks. And um, I guess this night I'm going to be with the Mayfields. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to be with the Flores. It's just been awesome. And I really want to say a big thank you to you all. Thank you so much. So um, this evening, um, I'm, we're going to look at um, a, a topic that is very, very close to me. Um, a, a topic that I would love to talk about, you know, almost every now and then. Um, I remember there was a time um, at the hospital and uh, we <clears throat> we had a, a kind of listening session and uh, we had about 15 chaplains in the in the room and uh, you know the the head of the unit was kind of going through um, we're doing a session where um, each chaplain would uh, kind of tell the group you know how he or she, processed, you know, the kind of things that we have to deal with every day. I mean, <clears throat> if you know Parkland Hospital, it's a level one trauma hospital. And um, the kind of things that you deal with every day, um, you know, can break you down. So um, they moved from one person to the other, and, and some of the chaplains will say, you know what, um, um, I have a therapist that I go to um, every week. Or every two weeks and kind of um, visit with them and then we talk through the um, that's how I process you know my own stuff and then another person would say um, I, I I go to nature and I listen to the waters and I you know everybody kind of had how they processed you know their own um, um, stuff that they go through. And when it got to me, I was like, um, for me, I just pray. I pray. Prayer is my therapy. You know, it's the, it's the therapy that I, I get myself in that helps me process the, 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 the traumas and the, the, the many things that we have to see and deal with. And everybody was looking at me, and I said, yes, prayer. So that's what I'm going to be talking about this evening, and it's um, staying, in, staying in the place of prayer. And, uh, and uh, like we saw in the video, um, having this mindset um, that, you know, prayer is not, it, it's not something we check, you know, in the morning before you um, go to sleep. Um, or in the night, or before you eat meals, or whatever, you know. But that it's it's a way of life. It's a way of life, and uh, that's that's what I'm going to be uh, trying to emphasize this evening. Um, so, 
just uh, to share one or two stories before we read the text and uh, I share some of the things that I have here. Um, in a mission work um, a few years ago, um, we were in a community and we're trying to, um, you know, sort out the clothes and uh, the shoes and medicines for the people there at that time. And, you know, suddenly, suddenly, suddenly from nowhere, um, a family, you know, we heard a cry and um, a family was battling to revive a child. You know, a child had gotten so sick that, um, you know, the child was passing out. And uh, it was a very scary situation, very, very scary, scary for everybody, um, you know, because we were in a community to uh, share the love of Christ and, uh, you know, talk to them about Christ. And there we were. Um, uh, a, a child was kind of, you know, passing out, and um, we we got together, and and we prayed, and we prayed earnestly, and we asked God to help us in that community so that um, our presence, you know, would not be a time where we'd begin to um, console the the family or console the the community, and. Um, God heard our prayers. God heard our prayers that day, and that child got revived and um, and was attended to by um, some of us that had some 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 of the team that had uh, uh, some experience. So um, God heard our prayers that day, and uh, it's been um, always fresh in my mind. Then I'm going to share another um, story. Um, Years before that, um, we had uh, one of our team leaders um, had brought in from one of the villages um, a teenager who had a cancerous growth, I think, on the right hand or something. And, uh, you know, he brought him to town and then we took him to the hospital. And, um, you know, we um, uh, prayed and prayed and we would visit with him in the hospital and prayed and uh but a few days into the treatment, he passed. And uh, I brought the stories um, um, for us to to kind of uh, uh, understand, kind of like what we're talking in class this, this morning, God's sovereignty um, about what he chooses to do and what he chooses not to do. Um, but that's, that's not my topic. <laughs> we kind of delved into that this morning in class with Wes. But that's not my um, emphasis. My emphasis this evening is the need for us to stay and remain in the place of prayer. The need to stay and to remain in the place of prayer. Come what may. So we're going to read from, um, and uh, who else can we um, study to get to really understand um, this persistence and this this, um, staying in prayer? Um, except Christ. So we're going to look at Matthew 26 from verse 36 to 45. And then I'll read through that and then just kind of um, share with us some things that came across to me as I looked through this. So I'm going to read um, from verse 26. So again, it's Matthew 26 from uh, verse 36 to 45. It's the, it's the story we all know, it. Um, Jesus in the garden of uh, Gethsemane. So I read. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. 
he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. 39. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Then he, tur- then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed. My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. As we all know, um, prayer is the medium through which we communicate with God. Um, But I'm going to take it a little further and say that prayer is a way that we live and dwell in. When shepherds are moving with flocks, um, they look for a place where there's water. And if 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 you are familiar with shepherds and how they move in the flocks, they would always look for an oasis, you know, a body of water in the desert, you know, where they can settle and where they can stay. They always stay close to the water. And they do so because it is crucial to the survival of the flocks and to their very self. Prayer is pretty much like that. It's, it's like a, that body of water where we must stay so that we can survive and see new horizons. Jesus lived a, um, a life of prayer to the Father. In the saddest and sorrowful point of his life, he turned to prayer. He knew what he was about to pass through. And he knew that it was not just for his own sake, but for the sake of humanity, for the sake of you and I. And more so, he was praying the Father's will. And that is, the, and that is what the core of our prayer should look like. The Father's will. The Father's will. The Father's will. And like we heard in that video, it's a place where we align ourselves to God's will and not our own way. A place where we align ourselves to God's will and not our own ways. A place where we, we, we intercede for others. Um, there are kinds of prayer 
uh, if you if you look at uh, Timothy, Timothy, uh, I think Timothy two or thereabout. But uh, probably another time I will talk about the kinds of prayer. But it, it's a place where we intercede for others. Uh, where we pray for um, uh, care groups, uh, our families, our work groups, um, the, the children, the youth, the young couples, the old couples, the seniors in church, the widowed amongst us, the orphans, the deacons, the elders, our community, where we pray for others. So, let me run through some of the things that struck out to me while I was reading this text again. There are some things that came out to me that I um, want to run through. Um, First, for Jesus, this was a time of pain. The story in that text, his, 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 um, his time in that garden of Gethsemane, it was a time of pain for him. As I went through the text, you know, and as I prayed, as I was preparing this lesson, you know, it, it, it occurred to me that, you know, it was a, a time of pain for Jesus. And he knew that death lay ahead. How would you feel if you knew for sure you were going to die through crucifixion? Um, as a science teacher, um, many years ago, I, um, I liked experiments greatly, and I still do up till now. Um, I've tried a couple of times to put a nail on my palm and kind of see, um, you know, if it's possible to actually measure the, the amount of pain a human goes through. Uh, but I couldn't get through with that research because uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't fun. So um, imagine um, the nails were going to go through both palms and then the legs placed together. And you would have about um, a 12-inch nail um, that was going to be driven through the palms. When I looked at when I looked at crucifixion, um, crucifixion was uh, a specially designed, excruciating way the Romans dealt with their enemies, with the condemned, with the um, you know people who were anyone who revolted against the Romans. It was never used on their citizens. The Romans would not crucify their citizens because it was too excruciating, it was too degrading for a Roman citizen. So it was only, it was only for, um, you know, the condemned and, you know, you know, selected outsiders. Let me use that word, you know. So I'm just trying to describe this for us to, to get a, an idea, you know, the, the, the picture of what crucifixion is about. And so he was in pain because he knew what he was going to pass through. And, you know, we look in verse 38 where he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. 
he was, it was a time of pain for him. Another thing that came out to me was that it was a time of intense struggle for Jesus at that time. A time of intense struggle. Jesus had the greatest struggle to submit his will to the will of the Father. You know, he would say, he would say Lord, if, if it's, it's possible, um, let this God pass over me, but nevertheless, let thy will be done. It was a time of intense struggle, you know, where he, he had to align into God's will and not his own, um, what his human flesh was saying. It was a struggle in which the outcome swayed the balance. Um, another theme, another thing that um, that came out for me was that it was a time of determination for Jesus, a time of determination. Um, knowing fully well that you know he was going to be crucified, knowing fully well that you know he was going to uh, you know carry the burden of the whole world. He knew he needed to move on. It was a time of determination. And what did he do? He remained in that place of prayer. He remained in the place of prayer. And you know, we saw Jesus, you know, accepting those difficult emotions of of, of pain accepting it and aligning his will to the Father's will. Things happen to us uh, many times that we do not understand. And uh, it's, it's then that our faith is tried to its utmost limits. And, you know, many a times, you know, we say things like, you know, you don't know what I'm passing through. Um, you know, this is happening to me and all that. And which I understand, yes. You know, but our, um, I would say that the, 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 um, I'm trying to look for this word now. Um, kind of like the the condolence, uh, not not condolence now. But what I'm trying to say is that we have this confidence. Yeah, we have this confidence that Jesus has gone through much, much, much pain than no man or woman can ever go through, physically, and spiritually. And that's like um, um, an encouragement uh, for us today. And um, as many people that I, you know, try to speak with in the hospital most times, I try to share this with them. Look, I understand what you're going through. It's, it's, it's hard. But if you're a Christian, um, let's, let's, let's take solace in the fact that our Savior understands what or passing through. The other um, theme is that it was a time of weakness. 
It was a time the 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 experience the the, the story of Gethsemane uh, um, was a time of weakness um, for the disciples. Jesus had gone to pray, um, taking with him three of his disciples. He asked them, "Stay and keep watch with me." He came back and they were still asleep. And this happened a second time and a third time. And he could have, you know, he could have just let them be. You know, he could have been so disappointed in them. But he understood that it was a time of weakness for his disciples. You know, um, when you, you know, visit, um, you know, people in, um, in the hospitals and the prisons and all that, and you kind of inquire about their families, you know, most times you hear that, um, you know, they'll tell you that they, they feel so disappointed because a, a particular family member or their church were not visiting with them. They didn't care about them. They didn't know where they were. And, and as a result, they become very disappointed. And they, some even kind of cut ties. Some cut ties with their family members because they feel that if they're going through a lot of pain and their families don't show up, their church don't show up, then what's the point? You know, that, you know, they just cut off. So, but Jesus did not give up on his disciples even at that time because he knew it was a time of them experiencing weakness. The, the disciples were experiencing weakness. So that's something again that um, stood out to me as I read that story. And it was also a time of loneliness. Um, the disciples had brought, uh, the disciples that Jesus brought as companions to provide support and fellowship were asleep. Jesus was virtually alone in his struggles. I mean, when the people you brought to provide support, to uh, pray with you, to talk with you, you know, <laughs> continue to sleep. Um, it was a time of loneliness for Christ. He was alone all by himself. And there are certain things that we must face and certain decisions we must make in the awful loneliness of our souls. There are times when other helpers fail and comforts flee. But in that loneliness, there's for us the presence of Christ. Who has experienced it and who came through it by his dependence, by his staying in a place of prayer. By his staying in a place of prayer. Staying in a place of prayer. And the last thing I want to, um, um, that, that came out to me in that text was that it was a time to get up and face the new upcoming challenges. It was a time for courage. You know, despite the loneliness, the weakness, and in, in all the things that transpired in the garden, Jesus found strength in the place of prayer. And he got the, he got the, the courage to say to his disciples, Arise. Arise. Let us go. Our betrayer is at hand. He was 
strength to face the next challenge. It was that divinely provided courage from his God to wake his disciples. He could have left them. He could have left them sleeping and just <laughs> go. But he woke them up, said, it's time. Arise. Let us go. And one, and this is one of the strongest things for me in that text. Jesus and his disciples, they walked towards the challenge, the new challenge at hand. They walked towards it. They got the strength to move towards the new challenge that they were going to face. The crucifixion, the, the, the curses, the, the abuses, the floggings, the weepings, and all the things that he was going to endure. He got the strength to, to, to move towards it. And that has remained um, a very strong thing for me in that text. Courage allowed Jesus to get his disciples on their feet and together... They moved ahead towards the people that were coming to arrest him. A theologian that I uh, read a lot, he described prayer this way. I'm going to round up shortly. He described prayer as a place where we descend into the depth of our soul. Kind of like baptism. You know, where we descend into the depth of our soul. Into the frustration Confusion, anguish, and bitterness. When we pray, when we really pray, that we may ascend to the strength and courage that God provides. You know, that definition is something that I love so much. You know, seeing prayer, you know, like a form of, you know, baptism where you know, you, you, you descend into the depth of your soul and trying to bring out the, 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 the loneliness that some of us experience, the, the, the weariness that some of us experience, the frustrations that some of us experience and placing them before God and then Finding that, you know, ascending now, you know, kind of like you're coming out of the water. You know, the strength. Um, uh, that, that, that definition, like I said, um, you know, ascending into the strength and courage that God's provide. As I round up, as I <clears throat> round up, um, what do we see? My questions, uh, you know, to, to me uh, and to us. I, I spend um, every Monday just uh, praying about uh, the church, praying for the elders, uh, praying for the deacons, praying for the people, praying for the work groups that we have, and and asking God, um, what 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 new um, horizons? What are the things we need to begin to to do differently? And these are the questions that I try to find answers to. You know, what do we want to see in our church? Um, what what mission you know what are we seeing where is God taking us to you know we may have been experiencing some some weakness you know as a church um, and 
as individuals, you know, as a person, you know, as, as men, as women, um, uh, you may be experiencing um, um, loneliness, you know, weariness. Um, it's time to find courage to arise and go and move towards those new horizons, those new challenges. It's time to find courage. Again, I say, it's time to find courage to arise and go and move towards these challenges. We can only get through this time of weakness with focus and prayer. With focus and prayer. Um, I, I, I read a lot of stuff about, you know, church growth and, you know, strategy, you know, strategies for church growth and all that. Um, but if it's not soaked in prayer, if the people do not approach God with a heart of prayer as a lifestyle, I don't care you you go and bring the best um, church growth consultant from anywhere it's 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 not going to work um, the the foundation is prayer the foundation is prayer and praying as a way of life praying what you want to see in the church praying how you want to see things be like in the church praying for others in the church what you desire that they be in the church and praying for our community. Apart from praying during the worship, um, the Men for the Masters meeting, I, I've heard, I've, I'm looking forward to being there tomorrow. I've heard it's a very, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a space for us to, to gather and pray. And I want to encourage us, if you're here today, um, to try and make efforts to attend. Uh, I, I can't wait for us to be here um, I look forward for us using that space to pray, to pray for the things that we want to see happening here, and uh, to find courage to move towards the new things that we need to start doing, even in the face of fear, so that we can begin, like we saw in the video, we can begin to bear fruits, spiritually and also physically. And if you're here as a person, you're struggling with loneliness and weakness, anguish, and you would like to be prayed with, you can come forth and the elders can pray with you. Um, uh, there's an elder there, that, which is another one here. Um, the, the elders here, if you're here and you, you just feel that you want prayer, please, you can walk towards the elders and talk with them. And I'm sure they will pray with you from the depth of their heart. Or if you would like to take on Christ in baptism for the remission of your sins and rise with Christ, a new person, to begin to walk and experience the companionship and the strength that you can only find in Christ. You can also come forward or you can come to the elders and talk with them and uh, I know that they would be willing to take you through the steps of baptism as together we rise and sing.